Good morning. This is 5 at 8. Today's Sunday, October 15th, 2023. And here's Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman with today's top news. In this episode, we will talk about the intensified fighting along Ukraine's eastern front, the recent declines in the yen, surprising discoveries by the James Webb Space Telescope, President Zelensky's concerns about the war between Israel and Hamas, and the record-breaking heat of September 2023. Story number one. According to Reuters, fighting has intensified along Ukraine's eastern front, with Russian forces regrouping and launching attacks near the village of Makievka and towards the city of Kupiansk. The objective of the Russian forces is to defeat Ukrainian troops and reach the Oskol River. Ukrainian troops have been prepared and holding their ground against the daily assaults. In addition, Russian forces have also launched a new offensive on the strategic city of Avdiivka. While Ukraine's counteroffensive has made some progress in the east and south, gains have been slow. Why, this situation in Ukraine is, it's just really escalating, isn't it? Russian forces regrouping, launching attacks around Makivka, towards Kupiansk. It's clear that they're aiming to encircle Kupiansk and reach the Oskil River. That's a classic military strategy, you know, encircling the enemy. Used to be quite popular in the world wars. Yes, Mark. It's indeed a reminder of historical warfare strategies. The encirclement strategy, aiming to surround and isolate the enemy, has been deployed in numerous conflicts, from the Battle of Stalingrad in Wubby B2 to the more recent battles in Syria. It's a tactic that can be quite effective, but it's also one that can lead to high civilian casualties and displacement. And that's always the heartbreaking part of any conflict, isn't it? The impact on the innocent civilians caught in the crossfire. But let's not forget, the Ukrainian forces are putting up a strong defense. They're holding their ground against these relentless attacks. Reminds me of the resilience shown by the Vietnamese during the Vietnam War. Despite the overwhelming military might of the U.S., they were able to resist and ultimately prevail. That's an interesting comparison, Mark. And there's certainly a lot to be said about the role of resilience and determination in warfare. But let's also consider the geographical aspect of this conflict. The Ukrainian counteroffensive aiming to reach the Sea of Azov, for instance. That's a crucial strategic move, isn't it? Much like the importance of controlling the Ho Chi Minh Trail in the Vietnam War. Ah yes, geography, always playing a key role in warfare. The Sea of Azov, that's a significant objective for Ukraine. Control over that area could potentially cut off an important supply route for the Russian forces. It's just like how control over the Ho Chi Minh Trail affected supply lines during the Vietnam War. And you know, this brings us back to the broader issue of power dynamics during conflicts and the role of international mediators in conflict resolution. Indeed. Power dynamics and the role of international mediation. These are key factors that can significantly influence the outcome of such conflicts. Just as the Paris Peace Accords helped end the Vietnam War, diplomatic efforts from international mediators could potentially help de-escalate the situation in Ukraine. But it's a complicated issue and the path to peace is often long and fraught with difficulties. Story number two. The recent declines in the yen are driven by fundamentals and do not warrant intervention in the currency market, according to a senior International Monetary Fund official, as reported by Reuters. The official stated that as long as interest rate differentials remain, the yen will continue to face pressure. The IMF sees foreign exchange intervention as justified only in certain circumstances, such as severe dysfunction in the market or a de-anchoring of inflation expectations, none of which are currently present. 
The Bank of Japan has been urged to combat the sustained depreciation of the yen, but the official believes it is not yet the time for the central bank to raise short-term rates due to uncertainty in global demand. Instead, the official suggests that the bank should continue to take steps to allow long-term interest rates to move more flexibly. It's fascinating to see how global interest rate shifts are affecting currency valuations, particularly the yen. Now, Linda, I know you've got a firm grasp on this. Can you break down for us why the IMF's official believes the yen's recent decline is essentially about interest rate differentials between Japan and the U.S.? It boils down to the concept of carry trade. Investors borrow in a currency with low interest rates like the yen and invest in a currency with higher interest rates like the dollar. This differential in interest rates makes the dollar more attractive, leading to a sell-off of the yen, causing its value to decrease. Makes sense, makes sense. So in essence, it's market forces at play. But we know governments sometimes intervene to stabilize their currency. What's the IMF's position on this? Under what circumstances does it see foreign exchange intervention as justified? The IMF considers foreign exchange intervention justified only when there's a severe market dysfunction, a heightening of financial stability risks, or a de-anchoring of inflation expectations. Essentially, if there's a risk to the broader economy or to financial stability. As of now, the IMF doesn't see these conditions in Japan. Got it. So it's about striking a balance between letting market forces work and stepping in to prevent potential economic fallout. But what about a country's economic strengths? How would Japan's export-reliant economy play into this? Great point, Mark. A weaker yen could actually be beneficial to Japan's economy as it makes Japanese goods cheaper and more attractive to foreign buyers, boosting exports. However, it's a delicate balance as a weaker currency also raises the cost of imports, such as energy, which could feed into inflation. So it's all about finding the right equilibrium. Ah, the delicate dance of economics. Always a balancing act, isn't it? Thanks for the insight, Linda. Definitely gives us a lot to think about. Story number three. The James Webb Space Telescope has captured images of young galaxies that appear much larger and more mature than scientists expected, as reported by the Washington Post. However, a recent analysis suggests that the galaxies may not be as massive as they seem. Researchers propose that the galaxy's brightness is due to bursty star formation, where stars are created in intermittent bright bursts rather than consistently. Computer simulations show that this phenomenon could explain the surprising appearance of the galaxies, aligning with the standard model of the universe. The findings, as stated by the Washington Post, highlight the impact of the Webb Telescope on space science and the ongoing exploration of the cosmos. This bursty star formation concept is fascinating, ain't it? It's a reminder that sometimes what we see isn't always what we get. Just like the galaxies that appeared more massive because of their brightness, we had to dig deeper to understand the real narrative. It's a testament to how our perceptions can often be influenced by appearances. And as you mentioned, it's a classic case of needing to look beneath the surface. The bright bursts of newborn stars were mistaken for signs of maturity and massiveness. Yeah, and it's like a curveball thrown at our existing models of the universe. It's a reminder that science is ever-evolving. Remember when we thought the Earth was at the center of the universe? Then, observations didn't match up and bam, we go heliocentric. Indeed, it shows that established theories are not set in stone and that everything can be questioned in the face of new evidence. 
And don't forget the role of computational simulations here. They allowed us to test the bursty star formation hypothesis, making it a critical tool in modern-day science. Right you are, Linda. Simulations, they're like our virtual lab, letting us experiment with variables in ways we could never do in reality. And talking about Earth-bound interpretation, it's like we've got the front row seat to the cosmos right from our backyard, thanks to Webb. It's a beautiful thought, Mark. Despite the vastness of the universe, we are still able to explore and make sense of it from our small corner of the cosmos. It's a testament to human curiosity and our constant pursuit of knowledge. Big Bang astronomy is only just beginning to unravel the mysteries of our universe. Story number four. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine expressed concern that the war between Israel and Hamas would divert attention and necessary weapons from Ukraine's ongoing struggle against the Russian invasion. According to the New York Times, American and NATO officials reassured Zelensky by pledging an additional $2 billion in military aid. However, there is a sense in Europe that support for Ukraine's fight against Russia may decrease, especially with the potential re-entry of former President Donald Trump into the White House. Divisions within Europe and increasing opposition to aiding Ukraine's war effort further compound the worries. European leaders acknowledge that they cannot replace the United States' support for Ukraine, even as they propose sending more air defense systems and artillery shells. The war's costs are being deeply felt in Europe, with concerns about Ukrainian grain exports flooding the Polish market and damaging Polish farmers. The political divisions and declining support for Ukraine have implications not only for the country, but also for the United States and the Republican Party, as stated by the New York Times. Will you look at that, Linda? President Zelensky is clearly concerned about the focus shifting away from Ukraine because of the conflict in the Middle East. It's a classic case of one crisis overshadowing another. And unfortunately, it's Ukraine that's losing out. It's a precarious position to be in. And it's not just the Middle East conflict. With Trump's potential return to the White House, there's a real concern about the future of U.S. support for Ukraine. It's a sobering reminder that international alliances can be fragile and subject to change. Couldn't agree more, Linda. And it's not just the U.S. we're talking about here. Europe's also divided on the issue. Look at Slovakia and Poland, for example. Their internal politics are throwing a wrench in the works, complicating an already complex situation. Right, Mark. And it's distressing to see Ukraine being instrumentalized in domestic politics, treated more as a pawn than a partner. It's a cruel irony. The Ukrainian people still have strong support, but the political maneuvering can undermine that solidarity. It's a tough spot, no doubt about it. And it's clear from the comments by Josip Borrell Fontel that Europe alone cannot fill the gap if the U.S. decides to cut back on aid. So where does that leave Ukraine? That's a difficult question, Mark. It puts a lot of pressure on Ukrainian resilience, which is already being tested severely. But it also highlights the broader issue of how countries navigate these sensitive relationships amidst shifting alliances. It's a challenging and delicate balance. Story number five. According to a report from NPR, September 2023 was the hottest September on record. NPR reports that the month was abnormally hot, surpassing the previous record by a significant margin. The record-breaking heat is primarily attributed to climate change caused by human activities, and the natural climate pattern of El Nino. The heat affected regions worldwide, including South America, which experienced its highest temperatures, 
even as it transitioned from winter to spring. The report also reveals that Antarctica had its warmest September, leading to record low sea ice. The warmer oceans fueled intense storms in various locations, resulting in significant damage and loss of life. The findings emphasize the urgency of taking action to address climate change, including transitioning to renewable energy sources and implementing better land management practices. Why this news is just... it's like a punch in the gut, isn't it, Linda? The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's report that September 2023 was the hottest September on record in its 174 years of climate records. I mean, it's like we're turning the dial up on the planet's thermostat, right? burning fossil fuels it's clear as day is primarily driving this and then there is el nino this cyclical climate pattern that's just adding fuel to the fire it's a stark and sobering reminder of the challenges we're facing with climate change and what's even more shocking is the sheer scale of this issue we're not just talking about a few hot days in isolated parts of the world this is a global crisis the heat is affecting people all over the world north america south america europe Africa, even in places that are supposed to be coming out of winter. It's nuts, isn't it? And let's not forget about Antarctica. It's supposed to be the coldest place on Earth, but it just had its warmest September ever. And as a result, we're seeing record low sea ice. That's not just bad news for polar bears. It's bad news for all of us. Warmer oceans mean more intense storms. We've seen it from New York City to Libya. Yes, and those storms aren't just causing damage and destruction. They're also costing lives. The dam failures in Libya, for example, resulted in thousands of deaths. It's a tragic illustration of the human cost of climate change. And then there's the fact that these rising temperatures are lingering longer than they should, according to the World Weather Attribution Group. It's clear that our actions are having a profound and lasting impact on the climate. Exactly. It's like we've kicked this hornet's nest and now we're dealing with the consequences. But here's the thing. We have the solutions. We know we need to shift from fossil fuels to renewable energy. We know we need to change how we manage land. We've got all these smart people working on this around the globe, but we need to do it faster and we need to do it bigger. The urgency is palpable, and it's not just about implementing these solutions. It's also about ensuring that these efforts are equitable and inclusive. We need to ensure that everyone, regardless of where they live or what their economic situation is, has access to the benefits of these solutions. As we move forward, we need to remember that we're all in this together. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.